Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the show. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I'm about to go live on Instagram to talk about something very near and dear to my heart. I still have not figured out how to do this double recording thing so that for those watching the pod on YouTube, you're not just staring at my forehead the whole time. (laughs) But I just don't have a setup for this yet. So if you're watching on YouTube, hello. If you're listening to this in the car, hello. And if you are about to watch us on IG, hello. Thank you for tuning in from all the places. I like to give people many options of where to hear my Wednesday morning lives. Okay, let's do the damn thing. I don't have tea, but I have smoothie. So that'll do. Okay. Hello and welcome to Morning Tea Live. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are tuning in from. I'm so excited to be talking about this topic today. This is a topic that has been so instrumental in my healing journey that I wanted to share it with you guys in terms of how I really have learned how to regulate my moods, not just regulate, but really heal mood dysregulation and how rest is such an integral part of this. So I'm going to walk you through how I have healed this and kind of explain what mood regulation is, what mood dysregulation is. And I'd love for any questions. Let me move this mic because it's blocking my view. Okay. Good morning to those who are joining. Let me know if you guys have any questions. So as always, let's start with some grounding just to settle into this present moment. So wherever you are, if you are able to sit up nice and tall, closing off the eyes, just taking a big deep breath in and release. Let's do two more of those. One more. Maybe any any movement that your body's asking for, maybe some neck rolls or some side stretches, just kind of noticing how your body's feeling and seeing if there's any sensations, any emotions, any thoughts anything happening in your body, just allowing some space for that. Noticing how your heart is feeling today. Noticing how it feels to just be in this present moment. So allowing your senses to ground you into the moment. Oh, my mentor is mixing me. I forgot to turn off my notifications. Okay, there we go. Sorry, Aro. All right, so let's dive in. My face is very oily. Guys, if you have not tried the jojoba oil from Trader Joe's, I'm telling you, life-changing. I mean, I just walk around with an oily face all day, but it's totally worth it. Oh, 
it's good for the dogs too. All right, let's dive in. So when we talk about mood regulation or mood dysregulation, this is the ability to have this foundation of grounding while also experiencing the waves, the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows of life, because life is filled with highs and filled with lows and filled with everything in between. And when we're doing this work to heal the nervous system and build internal safety, the goal is to be able to feel safe to be with all feelings. So what does that mean? That means that if an, an emotion comes up like shame or sadness or any type of grief or pain that you are able to be with it, meaning you're able to just put your hands on your body, take a few deep breaths, notice where you feel that <clears throat> emotion in your body, spend some time with it, allow yourself to feel it, notice any urge to run away from it, to numb it, to distract from it, to avoid, notice when you're engaging in addictive behaviors, these addictive behaviors have been ways that our body, our bodies have known safety their entire lives. So we have to slowly within our window of tolerance work towards that internal safety. So what happens when we don't have internal safety is that oftentimes when something really exciting happens, we can attach on to that feeling that it gives us. So let's say you're an entrepreneur and you signed a new client or you sold a new you know, course or an offer and you feel really excited about it and you find yourself almost like attaching on to that thing where it's like, it's hard to focus on just like life again. Like, oh, you have to do the dishes and like call your grandpa back. But <laughs> instead you're just like, kind of stuck in this state of like, ah, you know, and there's no space for the emotion to kind of move through. It just kind of stays stuck in that. And the same thing can happen with when we're experiencing lows, when we are feeling really sad or grief or whatever it is that we're feeling. And, or let's say something happens, you lose a job, you get in a fight with your partner whatever, right? Whatever happens and there's challenging feelings that come with that. And it feels like they're just stuck there and the emotions are not moving through. And so there, it just affects your mood. You're just in a low mood. Maybe you're more irritable. Maybe you're more angry. Maybe you're projecting more on your partner or taking it out on a friend or, you know, just grumpy, like whatever it is, you're just kind of stuck in this low place. And so what happens is when we get too attached to the highs or the lows, it's a form of dysregulation. So what does dysregulation mean? It means that you don't have that feeling of internal safety in the body, meaning you don't feel safe to really allow emotions to move through. So maybe, you know, when something exciting happens, it's like, it feels too hard or scary to just like allow yourself to be excited and then to return back to grounding, like to ground after that, to come back to a place of just feeling centered and, you know, going along with your day and then being able to experience another high and then going along with your day or experiencing some sadness and then going along with your day, like being able to move through those highs and lows without getting stuck. Like literally if you're on a roller coaster, like stuck up here, like on the Ferris wheel where it gets stuck or <laughs> stuck down here. 
And so something that I personally have been working to heal is these very subtle mood swings that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> That's the best part about this work is like, you, you discover so much about yourself. Like I always considered myself someone who leaned, if you're looking at, you know, a coin and anxiety and depression is on two sides of the same coin. I always considered myself more in the anxious side. Like I would experience maybe some, some tastes of depression here and there, but I was always just chronically anxious. And I also attached more onto the highs. Like I always just felt like I had this zest for life and I just loved life and all these things. But it turns out that a lot of that was me dysregulated. A lot of it was me not feeling safe to actually be with pain or whatever was coming up so that when something excited, exciting happened, it was almost like my body's way of knowing safety was to attach onto it or was to use like fantasy was a big protector of mine. So like fantasizing about things that I would want or things happening. And like, I, I remember in college, I have such vivid memories of this. And at the time I had no idea that this was like a form of dysregulation or a form of not feeling safe. Like I had no idea because it was just part of my normal life. So I remember when I would take naps in college, one of the ways and sometimes still the way that I'm able to fall asleep is if I'm able to like go into this fantasy land and just like imagine something really happy. And there's a difference between like, you know, wanting to think happy things before going to sleep. So you have sweet dreams versus like, I want to escape reality and it feels safer to be in fantasy than to actually create my life. And that was such a big thing that I discovered while building my business was that it was really easy for me to attach on the fantasy of fantasizing about becoming a millionaire, fantasizing about meeting a dream partner, fantasizing about, you know, um, like a dream vacation I wanted to go on, fantasizing about, you know, becoming this like really fit model, right? Like all these kind of dreams that I've had and it felt easier to fantasize and dream about them than to actually believe that those fantasies could be my reality. And so I started noticing and catching myself when I would engage in this protector of fantasy. And part of it was, you know, like <laughs> when like for I'll give you an example. So for example, when I first got my client, like my first ever coaching client. So I just started my business I didn't even really start advertising yet. And there was this client that I met and it was just like a natural fit. And, um, she agreed to put, to pay in full, like literally the first call we met, I was used to getting paid pennies in the therapy world. Like my nervous system was like full blown shock. And I remember literally dancing around my apartment. And at the time I still had my old apartment. I was in between apartments and my um, ex who I'm still friends with, he was at the apartment where we were living. And I just remember like rushing over there, like screaming, dancing, like literally on cloud nine for at least an hour. And I want to make something really clear. 
it's not that there's anything wrong with celebrating. I'm a big fan of celebrating, celebrating this monumental thing. Like this was the start of my business. This was a dream coming true. This was like just so, such a milestone for me. And so of course I'm going to scream. Of course I'm going to run around. Of course I'm going to be so fucking excited because that's who I am. That's in my nature. And the big and here is that what would happen for me with my moods is that I would get so on that high where I was like, <laughs> like just so excited, so happy, like running around, just like so fucking like dopamine, adrenaline, like all of the things, like literally high on life. And then I wouldn't take time to ground afterwards. So what would happen is my mood went like, woo, and then eventually your nervous system gets exhausted being up here. Like it's not sustainable for your mood to be up here feeling so excited, so elated for such an extended period of time that what's going to happen your nervous system is going to get exhausted and just like and go all the way down. I'm a very visual person. So I like to like, you know, hopefully you're, you're getting it. But the point is, is like, I needed to teach myself how to ground when I would feel elated. And when I would also feel really irritable, angry, sad. So the idea is like when we're going to experience those things and that's not the problem. The problem is when we forget to ground afterwards and we allow our nervous system to get shot, like to get so exhausted and burnt out that for me personally, what would happen and maybe you guys can relate to this is once I would come down from that high, I would turn into a irritable, whiny baby literally my inner child was so alive someone just needed to put her the fuck to bed <laughs> like she was alive she was throwing a temper tantrum through she was just so exhausted poor little baby like she just needed to go to sleep but because I didn't have the awareness of what was happening with my moods and my mood swings and I just thought like yeah this is a normal part of life which it is but it's be part of stepping into your adulthood, part of reparenting your inner child, part of stepping into being the leader of your life is learning how to monitor your mood so that you can feel, you can actually tend to your body and give your body what it's needing and show up the way you want to show up. Because if I was just like this and living on cloud nine, then how am I going to show up for clients or for work when I then turn into baby mode and I'm like so fucking exhausted and I feel so wound up. You know, when a kid is wound up and they can't go to bed, like that would be me. I would get so wound up. <laughs> I'm able to laugh at it now, but like when I first realized this, I was like, holy fuck, <laughs> this is mind blowing. I would get so wound up that I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. And so now I'm able to be aware of when there are signs that are leading to this. So for example, last week, um, last week I was feeling really grounded. And for those that have listened to my podcast before, you know that my mom struggled with borderline and that I've been healing some of my own borderline symptoms and that I would have these episodes where I would get really triggered and really unsafe in my body. And so today marks three weeks since I've had that episode of dysregulation, since I've had that deep trigger 
because I've had a really, really deep validation wound that my mentor and I have been working really closely at healing. And that validation wound has not been triggered in three weeks, which for me is a really big deal because it shows that I'm healing more and more and more of it. But what I noticed is that after I had that last trigger happen and I felt unsafe, I felt dysregulated. It was right before my retreat. So I was kind of in survival mode or I was like, I need to get my shit together because I have three clients coming and I can't be a fucking like dysregulated mess. So I pulled myself together, had an amazing retreat, then came back and something shifted for me. Like there was something about this I, I was experiencing this deep level of shame and my validation wound had kind of like opened to deeper and deeper layers. And we were kind of at this like really deep layer of it. And there was so much shame that I had to be with and something about feeling that level of shame where it felt like I was dying and I was, I felt so unsafe in my body and then having to then go lead a retreat because we can't control when these things come up, but we can control how we respond to them. There was something about that that really shifted something for me at a nervous system level. It was almost like, because I felt like I was dying, but then I was able to like pull myself together to lead this retreat. It felt like I finally showed my body in a really deep integrative way that I wasn't dying and I was safe. And something about that really shifted it because remember with the nervous system, it's show, not tell. So I can tell myself, oh, I'm safe, I'm safe. But the fact that I felt like I was dying and then was able to lead a beautiful retreat and not feel in survival mode at all, it shifted, it healed it, it rewired it so that what felt like death actually was me showing my body, I'm safe. And ever since then, I have felt this new level of groundedness and it's been, it's just been really profound and significant because it has taken a lot, a lot to get there. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because going back to just noticing when my moods would kind of fluctuate. I was feeling so good about being so grounded for so many consecutive weeks without having any of these triggers come up and this just dysregulation come up. And, and I'm not talking about dysregulation, like with the moods, right? Like feeling a little too high, a little too low. I'm talking about like a full on trigger episode where it's like, I feel like I'm dying. Like my abandonment wound, my childhood trauma, like fully is like, like my body is back in that time. And so because I was experiencing this groundedness and I was like, oh, like, this is amazing. I feel so safe. I feel so safe in my body. Like the universe was still throwing a lot of triggers at me, but I was feeling safe. Like none of them were taking me out. Like I really was feeling safe. And I was like, this is so amazing. And so it allowed me to really shift into just focusing more on my expansion, on my business, on these things that I have going, you know, that I'm offering and creating for you guys. And that in and of itself is a huge shift because most of the time with my healing, I am focused on the actual healing, right? And that takes so much time and energy and space that, you know, yes, I'm still doing my business stuff, but like this shift has allowed me to really put most of my focus on my expansion and all these things. And so because that was a big change for me, I noticed that I was getting 
a little bit into that elevated state where I was there. It was like kind of go, go, go. There was a lot happening. I'm prepping a lot this month before I go to Paris next month. So things have just been crazy busy. And the first thing I noticed that allowed me to be able to kind of monitor my mood is I noticed that I was having trouble falling asleep. And I noticed that I was on my phone too much. And usually I can fall asleep pretty quickly. Usually I'm able to, you know, like do my MCJ, have some wind down time. And I could feel myself constantly wanting to pick up the phone, like go into work mode, check my messages. Like it was almost like my body was wanting to continue that high of like good things happening and exciting things in the business happening. And I wasn't allowing my body to just ground. And so I was having a lot of trouble falling asleep because I was just wound up. And about a week of this happening where I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit too wound up. I'm feeling a little, you know, like too elevated. I'm feeling really tired. And I noticed, I was like, if I do not give myself rest, I'm going to then crash. I am going to get into one of those low states where I'm just feeling so exhausted and so irritable and little Ray will come out. (laughs) So this is how it ties into rest is like really understanding that the reality of life is that you're going to have some days that are really fucking exciting and you need to, you know, you're on cloud nine and you're enjoying it. But if you don't allow yourself to come down from it, your inner child is going to come out. You're, if you don't give yourself rest, your body's going to get exhausted and then your mood is going to be affected. So it's not about not feeling the high as a low because that's life, right? It's about how are you responding when those things happen? So for me, I noticed that um, I was at the gym and I was monitoring my mentor and I was like updating her on the business stuff. And she, I was like, I think I, I'm going to go take a nap when I get home. And she was like, yeah, I, you know, I think that I'm hearing a little bit of that elevation. And I was like, I was like, I knew you were going to say that because I could feel it too. And I'm trying to really be mindful of like not being in that state and giving myself what I need. And so I went home and I took a nap and she was like, I'm so glad you took a nap. And I was like, me too. I'm feeling grounded. And after that, I took a nap three days in a row after having a week where I really wasn't feeling grounded enough to just rest. And this is the thing is like, because I didn't, you know, it's like, sure, you can take a nap after a week of not enough sleep, but that week of not enough sleep is still going to catch up with you. So I noticed over the weekend when things were calm, I didn't have any plans. I allowed my weekend to just be completely white space on the calendar. And I noticed that there was that urge to pick up the phone more. There was that urge to just not be with myself and to just like keep this high going. And I noticed that my, like, even I had gone to the gym, I was driving home and I noticed some of that um, low mood come out. Like I was getting teary. I don't even know why. Like And I was like, okay, this is little me. She needs rest. Like she's feeling she's, she's coming out. (laughs) So I went home, I took another nap and then I put the phone away. I did my MCJ. I read, I just took time to come home to myself. And you may be listening to this and feeling like these are pretty simple things, right? Like, okay, I need rest. Go take a nap or, oh, I'm feeling a little ungrounded. Go do some journaling or 
you know, I need some alone time. So go read a book instead of scrolling on your phone or, you know, instead of hanging out with your friends, like take some time for you. All these things sound really simple, but when your nervous system becomes dysregulated in the most subtle ways. So when I talk about having episodes of getting triggered, that's a very obvious way. It's like my body feels unsafe. There's strong fear. I'm crying. I feel anxiety. Like it's very visceral in my body with these mood swings and kind of just like attaching to those highs and lows. It's so subtle because all of it is just so normalized in our society. Like, yeah, like just work all day and don't breathe and don't nap and like, just keep going and keep hustling. Like it's so normalized or like, you know, like, oh yeah, you're feeling sad. You're feeling tired. Just curl up on the couch and binge watch, binge watch Netflix all weekend. Like these things are so normalized in our society that we're not consciously aware of when, like what state our nervous system is in, right? Like the ability to be able to monitor and say, oh, I'm a little bit in sympathetic. Oh, I'm a little bit in dorsal. Like, oh, I feel more back in ventral. Like the reality is that we are going to be in all three of those nervous system states. That is the reality. And that's a beautiful thing, right? That's not realistic to just be in ventral, you know, like smelling flowers all day. Like that's not real life. And so we need to be able to notice where our nervous system is at so that we can be the leader of our bodies, so that we can be the leader of our nervous systems and say, what is my body needing? And when I notice that I'm too wound up to fall asleep, when I notice that I'm too wound up to just get still with myself, or when I'm too wound up and just want to be on my phone, because these things are made to keep us addicted with dopamine hits over and over and over again, when I notice that addiction feeling so alive in my body, I have to be the leader that says, no, I'm going to put the phone away. You know, I'm not going to rush through my MCJ. That's another sign that I would notice is when I would do my meditation, chanting and journaling. And I noticed that I wasn't fully present with it, or I would rush through it, or I would be thinking about something I would want to check after it was over. Those were all signs that told me that my body was not grounded and not present and in a very sneaky, subtle way, because technically, yes, when I'm in that elevated state, I'm very productive. And we need sympathetic to be productive because sympathetic is that blended state where like if we're playing or we're working, we're in that blended state of ventral and sympathetic. Sometimes we're only in sympathetic, sometimes we're in both. And so we need that, right? It can allow you to get a lot done, to be creative, you know, to be tapped into your purpose and your passion. And so knowing that we're going to be in those blended states, it's just about being aware of like, okay, let's do a check-in. Like this was a really exciting morning. And now how is my body feeling? Do I need to just ground for a few minutes? And this is so simple. And yet most of us forget to do it (laughs) because we just get so sucked into whatever it is. And so we have to remember that less is more sometimes. When your brain tries to trick you into thinking that it's going to be this whole, you know, long thing of like, oh, I don't have time to rest. I don't have time to take a nap. I don't have time to do this. Like, well, every single human has time to just take a seat, put your hands on your body, close your eyes and just take three deep breaths. 
even if that's all you can do and you do that like five times throughout your day, that is significant and that adds up. So even if all you have time for is that, that's beautiful. And also if you have time to be on the phone, if you have time to watch TV, if you have time to eat crabby food, if you have time to go to the bar and drink, like if you have time for all that, you have time to like sit down and journal or chant or meditate or do yoga or do something that's going to be nourishing for your nervous system. Because then what happens is we get in these moods. I was talking about this with a client last week. Like he was noticing that he was getting in these moods and he was just like taking it out on his partner. Like he would come home. He was just like in a grumpy mood. He would take it out on his partner and he would project. And then like in session, we finally just got him to be still with himself. And he noticed all of the shame and this fear come up. And he just had this like breakthrough moment where we, he allowed himself to actually just feel it. And then he felt lighter. He felt more connected. He apologized to his partner. Like when we do not, I don't like the word control. It's not about like, Oh, I'm controlled. It's like when we don't monitor, when we don't lead, when we don't regulate our moods, we are allowing that unmet need, whether it's rest or connection or whatever it is, alone time, connection to yourself, most importantly, we're allowing that unmet need to drive our behavior, which then affects our relationships and it affects the way in which we feel. So this all goes back to how do you want to feel in life? And part of my resistance to healing this originally with my mentor was that I was like, well, I want to still feel excited about life. I still want to be like my happy-go-lucky celebratory self. And she was like, you don't have to get rid of that. You just have to actually be able to like ground afterwards, right? And it sounds easier said than done. And also it's like, once you have that awareness, it just becomes routine. And we started noticing these changes in myself when... I forget what happened. It was, I think a client had signed up for one of my groups that I didn't think she was going to. And so it was kind of like a happy surprise. And I remember, oh no, 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 I think it was a client. It might've been that, but I think it was a client who like paid in full for six months and it was like my highest income month ever. And I noticed that and I felt the excitement and (laughs) I voxered my mentor and I was just like, you know, she was asking me about it and I just typed her. I said, before responding, I'm just taking some time to, to ground before sharing about this because I'm allowing myself to feel excited and I want to just take a few moments to ground and then share so that I'm not like, (laughs) so that I'm not like stuck in that high. And she was like, yeah, that's amazing. Like, proud of you for grounding, right? So it's these little moments, these little moments that add up to these nervous system shifts. So little moments that add up to how we're feeling, how our moods are day to day, because, you know, the thing that I realized is that when people say like, oh, I'm just a moody person, right? Like, no, every friggin' human is a moody person because we have moods, we have feelings, our feelings determine our moods, but our moods get to be led by us rather than controlling us. That is the difference. 
And so we can use all the valid excuses in the world, like, oh, I'm just a moody person or, oh, blah, blah, blah. But like, you also get to decide how you're going to relate to that. So if you know that you're someone that gets so hangry and so grumpy when you don't eat, can you make sure to have some like nourishing snacks with you in your purse as you go, right? Like, can you, it's just like learning how to take care of yourself, learning how to take care of your inner child, learning how to be your own parent, learning how to be your own mother, father, like whatever you identify as, like, it's just learning how to be a full adult, which in our society, even though technically we're adults, most of us are adults with our inner child running the show subconsciously. So it's really understanding that like, you are safe to choose you because when we're in a world where all this shit is normalized and we don't want to be the odd one out drinking water at the bar instead of a beer, like you get to choose you. You are safe to choose you. And if people have opinions about that, that's okay. That's just a reflection on them. But you don't have to get small. You don't have to sacrifice your own needs, right? If you're going out dancing with your girlfriends and you know, you're like, if I have one more tequila shot or if I stay up one hour later, like I'm going to be a mess tomorrow, like take care of yourself, you know, like life's not going to be perfect. Sometimes you're going to stay up too late. Sometimes you're going to be on your phone too much. Sometimes you're going to get too high or too low or whatever it is, but grounding, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing because when we talk about this healing work, it's like you're healing and shedding the layers that are attachment and trauma-based and not actually authenticity. And then when you grow more into your authenticity, you realize like, oh, this is who I've always meant to be. And so even for me, like I'm a double Capricorn, I'm supposed to be super grounded. And one of my, one of my gifts is being able to ground other people really well. And my mentor and I always joke that like, sometimes I don't ground myself very well. Right. So it's just a continual practice of, you know, what helps you feel grounded. Um, okay. So Janelle says, I'm struggling with this. How do you do the MCJ and not rush through it and still go to bed at a good hour? Yeah. I mean, I think this is where like that divine masculine energy of structure comes in. So if let's say, you know, I struggle with this too, because I like to work at night sometimes, cause that's, you know, the world is quiet and I like to get creative. And so, um, if I know that I'm going to be working at night, maybe I'll plan to do my MCJ after dinner or before dinner, like earlier on, or maybe in the morning, um, or just saying like, okay, I'm in this flow of work and I need to end by this time so that I have time to do my MCJ. And then I think it's just like, you know, for me, it's hard. Like you have two options. You can either do MCJ at a consistent time every day. Like I have clients that do it first thing in the morning or right before bed um, or right before dinner, like, you know, whatever time feels best for you. And sometimes this is a trial and error. Cause for me, I would notice if I did it too late, like right before bed, I would just get so tired and like half-ass it. And so I had to start doing it a little bit earlier. Um, and it, for me, it changes every day, but one thing you can do is just look at where in my schedule would be best where I can actually be present for it. And let's say if, you know, it just becomes a crazy day and you just have to do it before bed, it's looking at, you know, 
where am I linking energy and time throughout the day where I can set an alarm and say by, you know, if my goal is to be in bed by 1030, I'm setting uh, an alarm for nine o'clock so that I can start winding down and start doing my MCJ and noticing when you are rushing it, noticing when you're like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. and deepening your breath, reminding your nervous system that you are safe to just be in that present moment, safe to slow down, and that your nervous system is going to thank you for that, right? Because we rush through it, but then for what? Just to grab the phone, just to like go to bed, but then we can't go to bed because we didn't actually take time to do MCJ to wind down, right? So that's a tricky part is like sometimes when it gets late and I get anxious about, oh, I don't want to go to bed too late. I rush through it, but then I go to bed and I'm not actually like wound down enough to go to bed. So I have to remind myself like, this is actually going to help you go to bed sooner. So I think it's a combination of like, just noticing those urges, deepening your breath, challenging yourself to kind of get stiller in that moment and remind your body there's no urgency. There's no rush. Um, while also incorporating intention and structure of what is the best time for me to do this where I can be most present and not feel like I have to rush through it. And then hold yourself accountable to going to bed at a good hour. It's a work in progress. (laughs) So let me know if that helps um, and answers your question. And let me know if you guys have any other questions as we start to wrap up because we are just over, we're almost at 40 minutes. So like to keep these around that time. But yes, I would love to hear how this lands for you guys and how you might apply this to your own moods, your own uh your own regulation, your own feelings, um taking responsibility of giving your body what it's needing and noticing where energy is being leaked. I leaked a lot of energy yesterday. And the fact that I, yeah, could have been using that time for other things. Like I have to take ownership over that. It's not to beat myself up over it. It's to be honest with myself and say, yeah, yesterday I leaked some energy. I spent too much time on something that did not need that much time. And that was my own responsibility. So noticing when you're on the phone, when you're, you know, just intention, right? Being super intentional with your time allowing space to rest, showing your body I'm safe to rest. Rest is productive. So many of us have those wounds from childhood that say like, you have to be doing more and more and more. And yeah, feeling like you're being lazy or you're not productive. So one of my favorite mantras is rest is productive because if you're not resting, you're not giving your body what it needs. And if you're not giving your body what it needs, you're not going to be able to show up and feel how you want to feel. I'm someone who does not drink caffeine. And when I think about the fact that most of society needs caffeine to function after a full night's sleep, when sleep is supposed to be the thing that rejuvenates you and allows you to feel well rested, it boggles my mind. I'm like, how have we become the society that requires caffeine and a stimulant to feel like we can make it through the day? Like if that doesn't show how fucking burnt out our nervous systems are I don't know what does because literally you just slept and so if sleeping is supposed to rejuvenate you 
Like, why do we need, and I get it. Like some people like it because it helps them get out of that sleepy state. And it's like, okay, now I'm awake. But what if you just took time in the morning to like slowly wake up, like set your alarm for 30 minutes earlier and spend a few minutes in bed and just put your hands on your body, like breathe, journal, like go outside, look at the light before looking at your phone, look at the natural blue light outside, let your circadian rhythm regulate. Like, ah, these are just, there's so many things that we just need to do to tend to ourselves and our society just normalizes all these things that keeps us in a dysregulated sick state. And it makes me angry and sad. And listen, I'm not, I'm not anywhere perfect at it at all. I'm working on it. I'm, you know, this morning I had to use all my willpower. Do not pick up that phone, go outside, look at the natural light, go make your breakfast. Don't get stuck on the phone. Like I have to do this with myself every day. So it's a work in progress. So be gentle with yourself and also notice how can I be doing more in my power? What can I be changing to help my moods, to help me feel well cared for? And when you love yourself that way, you are going to be able to receive that same level of love from other people too, because the external is always a reflection of the internal. So we are a mirror for what's happening internally. All right, guys, it was just 11.11, so make a wish. Um, just a reminder, I am launching one week from today my new course, my first ever course, which is literally dream come true called the Secure Entrepreneur. This is for anxiously attached entrepreneurs who want to set boundaries, feel safe to say no, feel safe to release people pleasing, comparison, perfectionism, judgment, who want to feel safe to step into their power in their businesses and be mindful and aware of when their anxious attachment comes up so that you can relate through secure attachment. So not grasping, not controlling, feeling safe to come home to yourself. I'm so excited about this course. It's self-led. You have the modules literally forever, lifetime access. There's going to be a support group in Kajabi where we can connect. You can ask me questions. And one week from today, I'm also hosting my first ever free masterclass called Celebrate, where I talk about the art of celebration and being able to use that as a powerful tool in manifesting. So whoever attends live for that and also purchases um, the early bird special of 222 for my course will be entered into a raffle to win a 30 minute free session with moi. So I'm very excited for it. Head to link my bio to sign up for both. And I cannot wait for all the things. So take time to ground, take time to breathe. Remember, grounding can be anything that engages your senses. It can be laying on the floor, putting your hands on your body, taking three deep breaths, listening to a sound bath, like just checking in. How's my energy? How's my body? What am I needing? Can I take time to slow down and just take a deep breath? All right. Love you guys so much. And I will see you next week for morning tea.